21, Let Me Rock You. Before we get into the album analysis, if you like the podcast, please subscribe. If you haven't already done so, please leave a review on iTunes. Positive reviews and subscriptions help other KISS fans to find this podcast. If you have any comments, you want to provide any feedback, you can reach me at psychocircuspodcast at gmail.com. That's psychocircuspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at RyoV on Twitter. That's at R-Y-O-V-I-E on Twitter. And today's communication comes from a question that I get from a lot of the readers of the Rock and Roll Guru and a lot of listeners uh, to this podcast, to the Psycho Circus Podcast. And um, it's a question I get a lot. I thought it would be fun to address it here. So the question is, other than KISS, who are some of your favorite bands? So I thought I would take a moment before diving into the album analysis for this episode to discuss uh, some of my other favorite bands. I figure the best way to do this is to just kind of run down my top five. Uh, obviously with KISS being my number one overall favorite band. So... Um, I'll go in reverse order, five to one, one obviously being Kiss. So my fifth favorite band is the Dave Matthews Band. You know, it's a totally different style of music than Kiss's hard rock and uh, and heavy metal version. Um, but I do I do like a variety, basically all types of music I enjoy to some degree. Some formats and genres I enjoy more than others. Um, but I do enjoy all types of music. So my fifth favorite band of all time is Dave Matthews Band. I have seen them in concert 19 times, and I will be going to see them in concert two more times this year. So by the end of this year so far, I may take a trip and, and go see a couple extra shows. But by the end of this year, as scheduled, I will have seen Dave Matthews Band 21 times, which would be more than any other band that I have seen live. Um much more than Kiss, who I believe I've only seen in concert eight times. So, number five for me is Dave Matthews' band. My fourth favorite band is the Rolling Stones. I am a huge Rolling Stones fan. Got into them big time in high school, uh, right around the same time, yeah, a little, maybe a little bit after I got into Kiss. Um, like, really got into Kiss. You know, I was a huge Kiss fan. Um, my first couple years in high school is when I really became a tremendous KISS fan. And then I would say later years of high school, like maybe you know the end of my sophomore year, my junior year and senior year, I became a big Rolling Stones fan. So um, got into both of those bands right around the same time. 
and I have seen the Rolling Stones in concert three times. I would love to see them in concert more, but they just don't come around enough. Um, you know, given their age, I understand that now. And a couple opportunities that I had to see them years ago, the concerts just sold out on me. You know, when the Stones come to town, it's a huge event, so getting tickets is not easy. Um, so that's my number my number four band. My number three band is Pearl Jam. Um, also a huge Pearl Jam fan, and I've seen them in concert at least half a dozen times. Didn't look up the exact number before starting the recording of this episode, so it could be a little bit more, it could be a little bit less. Um, well, no, I don't think it's less. I think I've seen them about half a dozen times. Pearl Jam puts on a magnificent, magnificent show. Now, I haven't seen them live in a long time. I'm hoping to rectify that soon. I was hoping to go see a show this summer, um, but the nearest stadium tour is about five hours away from where I live, and uh, just, just a bit too much of a drive. I couldn't coordinate time off, and scheduling and whatnot to see them in concert at uh, at one of the stadium venues. I was hopeful they were going to do something close to the New York area, but um, unfortunately that did not pan out. So number three is Pearl Jam. And my second favorite band of all time is Bruce Springsteen. And, you know, being from Jersey, that's kind of understandable. <laughs> you know, if you're from Jersey, most likely you like Bruce Springsteen. And if you've seen him in concert, you probably love Bruce Springsteen. I have seen Springsteen in concert 20 times. So 20 times I have seen Bruce Springsteen in concert. And i um, just a huge, huge fan of him and his body of work, his music. Um, you know, it's more of a, what do they call it, a blue-collar type of rock and roll. But uh, it's, hey, like Billy Joel said, it's still rock and roll to me. And um, Bruce Springsteen, my second favorite performer, um, and as I've said, I've seen him in concert 20 times. And then, of course, Kiss being my all-time favorite band. So there you have it. That's my top five bands, um, you know, answering the question of what bands do I like other than Kiss. Those are my top five um, in that order. Excuse me. And so there you have it. Um, yeah, so uh, good question. I get a lot, and uh, glad that I was able to address it here. All right, so let's get into the album analysis for episode 21. This is Let Me Rock You, and this was Peter Chris's second post-Kiss solo release. And this album came out in May of 1982 on Casablanca Records, and this would be Peter's last album that he recorded for Casablanca Records. And the band members for this album include Peter Chris, who played drums and did the lead vocals, Michael Landau, who played guitars, Steve Stevens, who played guitars, Davey Farragher, who played bass guitar, and James Newton Howard was on the keyboards and the synthesizer. And the album was produced by Vinnie Poncia. The track listing for this album is as follows. Let It Go is the first track, followed by Tears, then Move On Over, followed by Jealous Guy, then Destiny, Some Kind of Hurricane, Let Me Rock You, First Day in the Rain, Feel Like Heaven, and the album wraps up with the song Bad Boys. Now, the album cover for Let Me Rock You, while I don't think the album cover is great, 
matter of fact, I, I think it's pretty awful. I totally understand why this is the album cover that was used. The cover shows a close-up of Peter Chris with no makeup, which I believe is the first public photo of a makeupless Chris. Peter was not he was not featured on his first album cover. So this is definitely the first album that shows him without any makeup on. And since, uh, since the last album did not sell so well, at least seeing Peter without makeup was going to make fans hold the record. Um, although, we'll get into in a little bit, the album was only released overseas, so it was only overseas fans that were going to pick up and hold the record and look at Peter Chris with no makeup. Uh, the close-up is a direct face shot of what appears to be a shirtless Peter Chris. Um, it's, it's not a very flattering photo either, but again, I guess it works for what it was. Like I said, I'm just I'm just not really a fan of it, and I don't understand why he has no shirt on. Um, I don't know what's going on there. And again, I don't know if this was the first public photo of Peter without any makeup. Uh, it would make sense if it was, but, you know, there could have been photos out there. I'm not sure. I know the first few interviews he did post-Kiss, he would turn his back to the camera so he didn't reveal his face right away. But um, by the time this album came out, uh, you know, I guess he was ready to kind of show his face to the to the world, uh, share the spotlight, as it were. And thus, he uh, he had a, a head-on photo shot of, of him and and you can tell he's not wearing a shirt. It's not like it's a torso photo. It's literally a close-up of his face. But you can see that uh, he has no shirt there as, as the tops of his shoulders are revealed. Yeah, as far as album covers go in the Kiss universe, um, this one's it's pretty terrible. Not going not gonna to mince words there. Not, uh, not a very good album cover. But again, I understand why. All right, so my first question regarding this entire album is where in the heck is Stan Pendridge? Now, he had been writing songs with Peter since the early days of Kiss, earlier than that even, because they were in a band together, um, and yet he's nowhere to be found on Let Me Rock You. Now, I don't know if they had a falling out or if Peter had decided to move on, but there's no Stan on this record. And like I mentioned, this album was only released in Europe, just like Killers, due to the poor sales of the previous record. And full disclosure, this is the first time that I am listening to the entire album from start to finish. Now, I've heard songs from this record here and there, but I've never listened to the album in its entirety until now. And again, this is, this is just another reason why I wanted to do this project. You know, it, it gives me the opportunity to listen to some KISS records or KISS-related records that I wouldn't have otherwise listened to. I don't know that I ever would have listened to Let Me Rock You if I didn't take this project on. So, you know, when I get these opportunities, I'm happy because I get to force myself to do things I wouldn't normally do. But I mention this, so just keep in mind that I'm critiquing this record with a more mature ear. A younger me may may have felt completely different about this record than, than the older me does. You know, I like that. Um, excuse me, I like that Peter worked with Steve Stevens and Russ Ballard for this record, as well as the fact that he recorded a Gene Simmons demo. You know, these connections to Kiss and other rockers—they're interesting geek facts to me, and I really enjoyed consuming them. Overall, let me rock you. It's a decent album. 
I don't think it's better than Out of Control, which is Peter's first post-Kiss release, but it's not it's not really worse either. I, I would say they're almost tied, which which is to say it's a good album. It's not it's just not a great one, and it's honestly it's one that fans would quickly forget. And while that's a sad statement to make aloud, it's also a true statement. Peter's solo material post-Kiss was decent, but it just it wasn't memorable, which another nice way of saying it was forgettable. And that that's kind of Peter's that's kind of been Peter's albatross his entire adult life. Without Kiss, he he's really considered nothing, which is a shame. But the level of creative output that he had just it wasn't as good solo as it was with with Kiss. So let's get to the song breakdown. And the first song on the album is Let It Go. And this was written by Tommy Farragher, Davey Farragher, and Bree Howard, and it was sung by Peter Chris. And I like the chorus in this a lot. I like the guitar work a lot. It's the verses that I'm not overly crazy about. Now, that's not to say they're terrible, but they're, they're far from magnificent. As far as opening tracks go, this, this is a decent one, but not a superior one. This is a song about letting go, whether that be a friendship, a relationship, or something else that needs to be let go in life. The song reminds us that sometimes we need to know when it's time to let it go. The song goes on lyrically to state that when he needed somebody, they weren't around, even though he was the first one they called friend. Now, we've all had relationships like this in our lives, either where a friend turned out to not be a friend, or we saw the true colors of someone we thought was our lover, or perhaps even during a time of divorce. This song hits on all those themes, as I mentioned, and it's got a rockin', enjoyable chorus. The verses are... They're just weak, musically and lyrically, but overall, the, the song is okay. It's not Peter's best work, but it's far it's far from his worst. Next up is Tears, and this was written by Vincent Cusano and Adam Mitchell and sung by Peter Chris. And yep, good old Vincent Cusano, better known as Vinny Vincent. And while he was working in Kiss, uncredited, he was also helping Peter Chris write a song. Perhaps more than one, I'm not sure. I just know that this one, Tears, made the album. And it's a decent song. It's one of the stronger songs on the record, which is just another testament to Vinny's writing ability. Now, Vinny did not play on the song. He only helped to write it. But even without Vinny's master guitar work, this is still a solid piece of music. Now, this is more of a pop rock style as opposed to a hard rock style, but it's still catchy. And today, I guess we would call this sound Yacht Rock, which is just another unnecessary labeling of music. It's another genre that was created by radio stations, um, and probably by satellite radio. In this case, there is actually a Yacht Rock radio station, um, which, you know, back in the day... I think we called it soft rock, and soft rock would have worked just fine, but someone had to go out and create a new label and a whole new station of music to go with it, which they call rock, not rock. Ugh. Regardless of what you call it, I call it a pretty good song. Now, you can, you can tap your foot to it, you can sing along to it, which is always a sign of a good song to me. Now, lyrically, it's it's okay. It's nothing earth-shattering or groundbreaking here, but nothing cringeworthy or heinous either. It's just, it, it, Tears is just a decent, 
solid song on an average album. All in all, not too shabby. Now, this song was released as the only single from the record, with Jealous Guy being the B-side. So, hats off to Vinnie Vincent. I mean, he writes one song for the album, and it ends up being the single. So, you know the guy can do some good work, and and we're really going to dive into Vinnie on the next couple episodes as we cover uh, Creatures of the Night and Lick It Up. But, uh, again, hats off. Next up is Move On Over. This was written by Peter Chris and Vinnie Poncia and sung by Peter Chris. And look, this this is just not a good song at all. You knew there were going to be some duds on this record. I mean, it is a Peter Chris album after all. And this is one of them. Now, while the guitar solo is decent, overall Move On Over is a weak song. The synthesizers are too pronounced. The guitars are too low in the mix. And the, and the lyrics are just, they're lame. And they're repetitive. Move on over, because look who's back in town. Is that supposed to be intimidating? Is that supposed to be scary? I'm not really sure what theme this song is going for here. If it's a tough guy approach, then they should have recorded tougher music, because this one sounds more like Broadway musical than tough guy hard rock. Maybe this was supposed to be included in the new remake of West Side Story. I'm not really sure. And I'm not really sure what Peter and the gang were going for here, but whatever it is, whatever it was, they they missed the mark. Not a good song. Alright, next up is Jealous Guy, and that was written by John Lennon and sung by Peter Chris. And I think it's very cool that Peter decided to cover a song by one of his major influences. You know, Kiss has stated many times that they were heavily influenced by the Beatles, and it's nice to see Peter take a stab at covering a song by a former Beatle. Now, Jealous Guy was done by John Lennon, um, excuse me, Jealous Guy, when done by John Lennon, is one of the best post-Beatles pieces of recorded music. And look, to give credit where credit is due, Peter did a fabulous job covering this song. His version, while not quite as grand as the original, and admittedly, that's a, that's a very high bar to get over, his version, Peter's version, is a strong effort. The keyboard work by James Newton Howard is terrific, and one of the stands out, standouts on this song. I also like Peter's voice a lot on this song. He sings in a higher octave than usual, but it's not forced and it's not out of tune, and it still retains that rasp that we've all come to familiarize with as Peter Chris. So this is a great cover of a great song, and possibly it could be the best song on the record, which, you know, it's a cover, so it's a shame, but it also fits in with the theme of Peter Chris Records, where his, his best song seems to be a cover song. And look, if you don't listen to any song on this album other than this one, that's fine. But if you were to listen to just one song from Let Me Rock You, it should be this one. It should be Jealous Guy. Just go to YouTube, type in Jealous Guy, Peter Chris, and hit play. You're not gonna be disappointed and and funny sidebar and i just thought of it now as i said you know if, if you don't if you're only gonna listen to one song from this album um because what i was gonna tag that with is you're probably not listening to peter chris solo albums and i find that humorous because the lowest rated episodes of the psycho circus podcast meaning the least amount of views or downloads um you know least amount of hits are the peter chris episodes 
Uh, so I do find that amusing. I'm still going to record them. I want this to be a complete compilation of everything KISS and KISS members have released. So I'm fine with that. If only a handful of people listen to these episodes, so be it. But I recently um, did some stat tracking and noticed that the Peter Chris episodes have the least amount of hits. So just uh, just a funny sidebar to me. All right, next up is the song Destiny, and this was written by Charlie Midnight, Cash Monet, and Jeff Schoen, and it was sung by Peter Chris. And I would have to say that Destiny is the first hard rocker on the record, and, and even that's a bit of a stretch. The majority of Let Me Rock You, it really is bubblegum, soft pop rock music, uh, yacht rock, if you will. So hard rockers are hard to come by. And by regular standards, this would not be considered a hard rock song. But when grading on the curve, that is this album, Destiny is a hard rocker. Now, the song does get heavy on synthesizer toward the end, but there's a lot of good guitar work in there, too. And, and Peter's voice is strong, belting out the lyrics with a howl of power that is welcome. Now, lyrically, this it's another weak one, and without Stan Penridge to, to help round out the lyrics and to help out, I'm seeing a pattern here of weaker and weaker lyrics. Now, Peter did not write the lyrics to this song. They were done by Charlie Midnight, Cash Monet, and Jeff Schoen, better known for writing R&B songs as opposed to rock songs, so I get how that all fits in, and while this is a rocker Overall, on the curve, there are flares of R&B sprinkled throughout. Definitely, Destiny is definitely an early 80s song. The music is akin to what was hot on the radio at that time, as disco, R&B, um, rock, and pop, they were all starting to blend together, crafting songs that would hopefully reach a wider variety of fans and cross over some genres. Now, I'm not sure if that's really succeeded here, but you, you can hear the multiple styles and the multiple influences throughout this entire song. Next up is Some Kind of Hurricane, and this was written by Russ Ballard and sung by Peter Chris. Now, this is another Russ Ballard song who may be best known for writing the song New York Groove, which Ace covered on his Kiss solo album that became a classic. Now, Some Kind of Hurricane, while, while a good song, did not achieve that same level of greatness. Now, I'm not saying it's a bad song, because it's not a bad song. It's, it's possibly a top three from this record, but in the world of Kiss songs and Kiss-related songs overall, this would barely be a blip on the radar. Now, this song is, is more piano-driven and less guitar-drums-driven, but there is a nice guitar solo that definitely would have benefited from being longer. Yet, it's not bad for what it is. Now, will I listen to this song over and over and over again? No. Will I probably forget about this song after this episode? Most likely. But if I ever revisited this record, I'll know the song is waiting to be enjoyed. Again, it's not terrible, but in the world of available Kiss music and Kiss-related music for the ears, it's not terrific either, and thus it is easy to forget about. Next up is Let Me Rock You, and this was written by Russ Ballard and sung by Peter Chris. And this is the second of two Russ Ballard songs, 
and it's better than the first. This is the namesake of the record, so you would imagine that it had to be a pretty darn good song, although it's not good in the sense that you would think. First off, this is certainly not a rock song. So while Peter is singing Let Me Rock You, he's playing a jazz swing style of song that he loves. It's good to see Peter playing what he prefers, but rock music, this is not. I do like this song, though, and I I like the boogie-woogie jazz style of music. It's something different, and perhaps it's not for all diehard Kiss fans, but it's still an enjoyable and uplifting song, musically speaking. Lyrically, well, it's as weak as most of the other songs on this record. And again, Peter didn't write the lyrics for this one either. He didn't write many lyrics at all for this album. But he did sing them, which means he did give his okay on the lyrics. And all that being said, we've discussed many times on this podcast that lyrics were never the strong suit of Kiss. So Peter probably wasn't very adept at determining good lyrics from bad. And as I mentioned already, this is a fun song with a decent beat, even if it's lyrically weak and far from hard rock. All right, next up is First Day in the Rain. And this was written by Steve Stevens and it was sung by Peter Chris. Now, this song, written by Steve Stevens, I was glad to see that. Steve Stevens is best known for his work with Billy Idol. He's a guitarist in Billy Idol's band, but he also had some good, solid years on his own as a solo artist. Um, and the album Steve, Steve, Steve Stevens' Atomic Playboys comes to mind because that was a terrific, terrific record that I still play every once in a while to this day. And I remember when it came out, um, you know, I had to seek it out. Not every record store carried it. And when I finally got my hands on it, I was so happy and I was so excited. Um, and just, I've always enjoyed Steve Stevens. And I just think he's, he's a great musician. Um, I, I like his work. I like his work with Billy Idol. And so I thought it was neat to see that he wrote this song for, uh, for the Peter Chris record. Now, prior to getting with Idol, Stevens worked as a studio musician, and that's that's how he ended up playing on Peter's solo album, and that's how he ended writing this song, First Day in the Rain, for Peter's solo album. Now, first and foremost, I will say that I love the guitar work on this song, but that's not a real surprise, because as I said, I love most of what Steve Stevens does. I think he's magnificent. I think he's a gifted guitar player that not enough people know about. So here, he gets a chance to show off his slower style of guitar playing, and it's a real it's a real treat to the ears. Now, First Day in the Rain is one of the obligatory ballads for a Peter Chris album. You know there's going to be at least one. Again, the guitar solo is what makes this song worthwhile, which isn't saying much for Peter, but overall, this is a pretty weak song. It's a ballad in the crooner sense. One of those songs where Peter, he tries to be Frank Sinatra or Dean Martin, and he just, he fails. He fails miserably. I, I want to say this is a decent song, but really, it really isn't. In fact, after a few listens, this is a pretty terrible song, and that's a shame because I really wanted it to be one of the best on the record, if for no other reason than the fact that Steve Stevens played on it and Steve Stevens wrote it. But... I guess I guess it can't all be winners. So, first day of the rain, uh, thumbs down. Sorry to say. All right. Next song up is "Feel Like Heaven," and this was written by Gene Simmons and it was sung by Peter Chris. And this is a Gene Simmons demo. 
that Peter took into his own and recorded for this record. Now, this is a solid song, perhaps because Gene wrote it, perhaps because Peter knew how to mold it. Either way, it's a strong song. I have the Gene demo version of this song on a cassette somewhere. Perhaps one day I'll do an episode or two on demo tapes, as I I do have quite a few of them. But honestly, I haven't decided if that's something that's episode-worthy. Look, if you think you'd like to hear an episode on demos and demo songs, please let me know. Drop me a line, throw me a tweet, psychocircuspodcast at gmail.com. Tweet me at Ryov, at R-Y-O-V-I-E on Twitter. Um, it's something I'm giving serious thought to. Do I want to come out and, you know, do I want to put out a couple of episodes just talking about demo songs from certain eras? If I did it, it would be towards the end, um, you know, as I my intention is to go you know chronologically through all the albums and uh, DVDs that were released the you know the official releases and then backtrack to a few things I'm kicking around you know some ideas that I have and demos is one of them do I want to go and do uh, do a couple episodes on demos so again if that's something you want to hear let me know now the the gene demo version of this song was really cool but it was slower and it didn't have any synthesizers now i think gene could have turned that demo into a pretty good song but you know it's nice that peter was able to work with it and put it out on his solo record it was cool to see gene's name on the peter solo record knowing you know knowing they were still friendly and somehow still working together I think Peter did a good job with this song and turned it, excuse me, turned it into one of the better songs on the record. If you seek it out on YouTube, you can hear the demo version done by Gene, and then you can hear this version. You can do some comparing and contrasting of your own and, you know, just see what you think. I think it's fun to see what the song was in Gene's mind versus what it became in Peter's finished version you know all in all it's a solid it's an enjoyable song for the record um definitely one of the best on the record and again it's nice to see that kiss connection there you know gene simmons demo that peter took and and you know made it into a song for his solo record so good stuff there all right the last song on this album is bad boys this was written by peter chris and jim roberge and it was sung by Peter Chris. And while it, it's kind of a clunker to end the record, there is something about this song that I really like. Now, I'm not sure if it's the swing-style jazz beat or the vocals or exactly what it is, but Bad Boys has some charm to it. Again, I know it's not a good song, there are some bad songs in the Kiss universe that I absolutely love. And Cadillac Dreams comes to mind right off the top of my head from uh, Hot in the Shade. Cadillac Dreams is an awful, stupid song, but for some reason, I just love it. And I, I feel the same way about Bad Boys. This is, this is not a song that I should like, and yet I find myself attracted to this song for whatever odd reason. Lyrically, the song is really dumb. The song tells a story about, presumably about Peter, meeting a lady dressed in black and asking her where's a hot place to go. And her response is to not go where the bad boys go if you can't fight. What? What? 
WTF? What what the hell does that mean? I, I'm just looking for a cool place to hang out and have a few drinks, maybe meet a lady, and you're telling me not to go where the bad boys go if I can't fight. <laughs> like I said, this song is really stupid. But again, there's something in that beat. There's something in this song that I kind of, sort of, really like. I don't know what it is. I don't know why I like it. I just do. It's stupid, but it it just clicks something in my brain. It clicks something in my happy zone. And I said, hey, this song, this song's all right, regardless of how stupid it is. And again, that made me think of Cadillac Dreams and other songs similar in nature. Um, you know, it's just, it's funny to me. There's, there's some really dud Kiss songs out there that I really, really like. Bad Boys is, is on that list. All right, so that's going to do it for this episode of the Psycho Circus Podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. If you have a comment to share, you can email me at psychocircuspodcast at gmail.com. Please be sure to go to iTunes and leave a review. Every review helps. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast. Also, you can check out the rockandrollguru.blogspot.com to see my written works. And you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at RyoV on Twitter at R-Y-O-V-I-E on Twitter. Be sure to tune in next time where I cover Creatures of the Night, which to me was the comeback album for Kiss. Until then, the carnival has just begun. Yeah.